0: then the facility told us the director of nursing told us well why don't you ask the patient when they get here it happened to be a dementia patient uh, um, ask so the patient ask the patient when we get there so we explained uh, to patient,
1: them yeah, are we getting a tib-fib or a, <laughs> a, no. a frog are we getting a frog leg uh, like are you kidding me there's like 150 different types of x-rays of, the, of different parts of the leg you could do
2: Welcome to the Mastering Medicare podcast, where we demystify healthcare and Medicare for senior serving professionals and providers with your co-hosts, Dr. Alex Moseni and Dr. Amy Schiffman. Visit masteringmedicare.net for show notes, additional episodes, and valuable resources. All right, so we are so excited. We finished up with our lab talk, and now let's move into the mobile imaging side. So, Andy, I just want to summarize before we jump into the... Mobile medical imaging side, what we talked about in the lab side. So just to summarize, because we are all about mastering Medicare here in this podcast, we talked about the fact that you have mobile phlebotomists that go out to homes, assisted livings, and nursing homes. In the homes, it's pretty straightforward. It's Medicare Part B. It's 100% paid for by Medicare Part B, except if there is an over ordering of certain tests.
1: Correct? Or if you don't have the right ICD-10 code. Or
2: the right well, then it just gets rejected and you can send it back. Correct? Correct. Correct. On the assisted living side is very similar to the home side. It's basically part B Medicare 100% paid for unless it's overordered and it can get rejected for, you know, failure to sort of give medical necessity. And then on the nursing home side, you have a mix of Part A and Part B depending upon the status of the patient in that nursing home, whether they're a long-term care patient or they're a post-rehab patient that's sort of operating under the Part A umbrella. For the Part A umbrella, you are simply doing the tests. You are sending a bill back to the facility, and the facility pays you based on their per diem for Part A. And for the long-term care patients, it is a Part B payment and it sort of has the same sort of rules as the house calls and the assisted living patients.
1: Correct. Wait, so I misunderstood one point then. For the Part A patient in the nursing home, you're not even attempting to bill Medicare. You was... don't.
2: They they don't bill Medicare. They, the the facility bills Medicare.
1: Ah, facility is responsible for the payments. So they send
2: okay. a bill. You send a bill to the Part A. I mean, bill to the facility, and the facility then just basically pays you based on their Part A per diem. Oh,
1: that's right, because they're getting a per diem.
2: They're getting a per diem. Correct. Ah. Okay. Okay. We clear? Yeah. Time to move on? So excited about radiology. Woo! All right. So let's jump from labs to imaging. So imaging is sort of encompasses a lot of different things. I mean, obviously, if you're in a hospital setting, you got MRIs and CAT scans and all sorts of advanced radiological things. But in the mobile world, which is the nursing home assisted living and home world, where you're out, you know, basically having a a technologist who's driving around in their car. Andy, tell me the types of equipment that they can have in their car.
0: Sure. So typically we have the x-ray machines. They're digital x-ray machines that are able to be taken in and out of the cars. We actually don't use trucks. Our current cars that we use are actual Honda fits. The front seat rolls down and it rolls straight up to the front, gets locked in. So you can get an idea of the size of the machines. Now, the older ones are a little bit heavy. They're about 150 pounds. The newer ones are a lot lighter, about 100 pounds each. The older ones as well, plugged into the home or living wherever you were, the newer ones are actually battery operated. So it's a lot more of a, uh, a better charge, if you will, when you're actually taking the images. So that's for the typical x-rays. Then we do EKGs and all types of ultrasounds as well. Very often, obviously, the most important ultrasounds that we do are the Doppler studies for blood clots, et cetera. And we do echocardiograms as well.
2: And you do both venous and arterial Dopplers. Correct.
1: Correct. Wait, I'm having trouble picturing this. Are these on wheels, the x ray machines? Correct. So, if you've been to a hospital, you yeah. typically
0: see they move the little x ray machines around. Unless somebody is um, very obese where it, uh, one of these machines won't work, the average patient, you can use the same machine they would wheel into your room in a hospital and take an x ray. The machines that they have in the hospital are a little bit bulkier because right. everything's kind of self contained. It's a lot easier in the hospital. Ours have, I believe, they're 16-inch rubber tires on them. They lean back. It has the extending arm.
2: And they can go upstairs because of the wheels.
0: Correct. They can go upstairs pretty easily because of the wheels, and the newer ones are easier to get up the stairs because of the fact that they're a little bit lighter. We also have one machine that comes completely apart because we do a lot of business in uh, downtown Baltimore and in D.C. And, like, and you have the row ups. houses. walk So ups. Exactly. So yeah. it's not wide enough for the average machine. So we actually yeah. can take the machine completely apart, bring it up the steps, put it back together, and then take the image but that obviously that takes a little bit more time. That's not the normal
1: thing that we do. So Wait, it takes a little more time uh, okay. to schedule. I didn't. I didn't even realize that. I was thinking, why are you not using the elevator? So you're 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 doing this even in people's personal homes.
2: Correct. Yeah. How oh do, do you think so we get pushing, X-rays in their house? They're homes. pushing a
1: hundred-pound X-ray machine yeah. up the stairs.
2: This is an enormous, mm-hmm. an enormous task.
1: And are these one-person teams or two-person teams? One person. So this person, both, they drive the car and they have to be technically skilled enough to do this variety of studies, including ultrasound and echo? Correct. Wow. What is the typical, this must be- So the same same tech doesn't do all the tests.
0: We have the x-ray techs that do the x-rays, And EKGs, and then we have the ultrasound
1: techs that do the ultrasound. Oh, so these are different people, each with their own car. It's
0: very difficult to find
1: uh, an ultrasound tech that does x-rays and vice versa. Right, that's what I was about to say. (laughs) That person must be paid a lot of money um, to do it, because that's a lot of training. Job switch. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so they're driving around in these Honda fits, and they're pushing this big equipment
2: Basically, we're talking people out of ever going into this business, so, no, by the this, way. this is
1: really interesting. So what is a typical X-ray machine cost? What are we talking about? So a typical DR, which is the digital
0: radiography machine, everything all included, you're probably looking
1: thirty-five to $40,000. Got it. And then what's typically happening? Uh, it, does the typical X-ray tech... Is he or she going to the same facilities every day because there's a couple new orders or do you guys try to batch it or what's going on?
0: So each facility is different. We have some facilities that order on a regular basis because they're a large facility and they have enough patients that were there every day. We have some facilities where they're once a week, some facilities that were there once a month. Every client is just a little bit different based on, once again, how they order and what their population is. Obviously, when we're doing individual home patients, we go as we receive the orders. Typical for imaging, if we get an order on a Monday, we usually say by about noon, the x-ray will be done the same day or the following day. That's really our goal.
2: It's kind of amazing, actually.
0: Our goal is really to get things done within 24 to 48 hours, as long as we can get a hold of the patient to to schedule, let them know that we're coming out. Last thing we want to do is obviously just show up and say, hey, we're here. And mom, even though she needs an urgent x-ray, is out to dinner with the family or at a doctor's appointment or whatever it might be. Our patients are usually, they're considered homebound. There's a broad definition of what homebound is according to Medicare, but it's difficult for our patients to get out. So they might be able to get out for a regular doctor's appointment. But to have to go to an imaging office and sit there and do what needs to be done, is very difficult for them.
1: This is actually, it seems like the combination of your lab company and the imaging company is mostly a logistics or it's a logistics or logistics yes. problem. It's so not only you know you have the similar problem in terms of like like FedEx and UPS. Where you have to optimize routes and figure out what the right sequence is—should I see this person first or that person? Right. So that you have not only that entire problem, which FedEx and UPS spend, you know, millions of dollars trying to optimize, but then you have the problem.
2: You mean when on- the, when two Amazon trucks are on my street at the same time, right? Both delivering to my house, right?
1: No, but, but then you have the problem of the person also has to be there and be ready, which UPS and FedEx don't really. Care no, they like, just they throw it, go, it on get your get porch to... and
2: take a picture and say, we're done. Yeah, right.
1: Or kick it onto your board. <laughs> or lose it, but right. whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, that's fascinating.
2: Th- this is, by the way, mobile, like disparate medicine is incredibly complex.
1: Yeah. Because of this, because of
2: yeah, you, logistics. It, yeah. Logistics are just tough. It's just so really tough.
1: Can you talk about logistics? Like who thinks about logistics in your company? How do you approach this problem? What do you guys do? Sure. So for the imaging company, it's a little bit easier. Because on the imaging side, we're going,
0: to the, we're going to the patient's home, facility, whatever it may be, seeing the patient. As soon as we're done, it gets uploaded to the cloud. Radiologist gets dinged. They review it. They write out the report. comes back electronically and goes to whoever it's supposed to and be. And we get that result the, within hours. Correct. Yeah. Whether it go to the physician or the facility, whatever yeah. it might be, it goes to the proper person. That is a lot easier than the lab side. Um, on the lab side, you have to, you have to get the specimens back to the lab. In a timely, in manner. a timely manner. Otherwise, because, the blood goes bad. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, yeah. the blood goes bad, and it's difficult. And there's certain times that you know, no matter what we do, it's just not going to be perfect. So on the lab side, we're having you know stat orders. For instance, we have two people running stats, but they're on different parts in the state. And we all of a sudden get another call in in that area. Well, that's going to cause that the original specimen that the person drew an hour ago they're coming a little bit later. But the best way to do it is to have them stop by the
1: next stop before right. they come back in. How do we do it? It's difficult. So do you have a central operator, kind of like a command center, like some uh, these airport shuttles used to have in those days where somebody has the whole view of everything that's going on and trying to coordinate all of it? Or who's doing the coordination? So
0: on the imaging side, we have one person, well, two people that are sitting there doing dispatch throughout the day. And dispatchers, yes, actual dis- dispatchers. They're actual dispatching. They're dispatching, and they on our screens, we can see where people are. We can see by GPS how far they're away, et cetera. So yes, it does work on the imaging side. Once again, much easier because you can just send them from stop to stop to stop all day. Right. Um, on the lab side, it's a it really is a lot more difficult, and that's where it's important for us to be able to have that relationship with our clients to make sure that they actually understand what it is that, hey, I understand you just ordered a stat, but right. we had to get the, specimen, the current specimens back in order to be able to do X, Y, and Z. It's a lot of communication um, with our clients throughout the process. Right. Very often, it's still difficult to get a hold of the actual person who is waiting for those results to communicate with them. Because if it's the ordering physician who orders it at a nursing home at 1 o'clock, they're expecting us to have a four-hour turnaround. Right. And while we've called, we may have spoken with the nurse or CNA, GNA, or whatever it might be, letting them know, hey, we know you ordered it at one, this and this happened, we'll probably be able to pick the specimen up at whatever time, you have results by this time, doesn't always get back to the ordering provider. And then we get a call from the ordering provider when it's late saying,
1: why haven't we gotten yeah. XYZ y, results back? And we have to explain it. So are your dispatchers using um, like Google Maps or something and kind of mapping out and giving... And early, coming in early in the morning to figure out, okay, this person should go to these sites, and that person should go to these sites, and this sequence. Like somebody's actually figuring that all out. So they've been doing it long enough that they know where all of our facilities pretty much are and the best
0: routes and all that. It's it's not easy, and every right. day is different. for For the daily orders, obviously that's something easy that we can just schedule accordingly. Right. But when you have orders coming in throughout the day, and you have stat X ray this, and the stat ultrasound, and stat lab orders, it's its really just about trying to get them in as quickly as possible, trying to figure out what the best route is to get certain specimens back in a certain time frame and get that phlebotomist back out there to be able to draw more. It's its not easy.
1: Do you get to charge more for stat orders of labs or, or films?
0: So on the imaging side, we do not charge for stat. We also don't do stats at all um, for homebound patients. It's just too difficult to be able to hold them in time, schedule, right. etc. cetera. And the liability of it also is a problem for homebound patients. But for assisted livings and nursing homes, yes, we do charge a stat fee on the lab side, but not for the imaging side. There are some of my competitors in other states that do charge stat fees for x-rays and ultrasounds, and that might be something that we have to look into in the future. Got it. Cool.
2: So let me just go back, because I I actually like to compare labs and, and radiology a little bit. So we talked about on the lab side that... Medicare Part B pays a hundred percent of the cost of doing this study. Do they pay a transportation fee on the lab side? I hate to like digress a little bit, but is there a transportation fee for the lab side?
0: there on the lab side, there is a travel fee travel um, fee that Medicare pays. It averages about a dollar per mile throughout the entire drive, not per patient. Right. So if we drive and see five patients in fifty miles, and I said five patients, we yeah. see five patients and fifty miles. Each patient we about ten, about $10, give or take, right. for that transportation fee. That is also covered by Medicare.
2: And and you do not need to be homebound to have your labs drawn into your home?
0: You if, need to be considered homebound by the physician. It, in order for, for labs. For, us, for labs. For labs. For, correct. And the same for thing the for x-rays. Correct.
2: Okay, can you tell me about, is there a trip fee for the x-rays?
0: On the x-rays, there is a trip fee. It's about $200 right now. And once again, as of everything with you Medicare.
2: You $200 per visit? You, per
0: visit. Wait, well, just the trip fee? Correct. In addition to the study. Correct. And the, ex- the, the x-ray of the study. itself is not that expensive. So a typical chest x-ray is a total of about 240 250.
1: Okay. And then there's and another And there's an ch-
2: additional $200. No,
1: no, no, no. Oh. All, okay. included, all, all included. All included. Oh, so you're uh, saying
2: that it's a 200 bucks like the predominance of the
1: Is the trip fee. If you're not the getting the
2: trip fee.
0: fee, it doesn't make sense. That's why some of these brick and mortar facilities that do imaging, they just have you lined up in one x-ray after the next because they're getting paid $20, 30 each it almost doesn't even pay for their technicians to be there. So for us, if we're not getting a trip fee, it really doesn't make sense for us to go out there and even see the patients.
2: And do you get a trip fee only in the homes, only in the assisted livings? Tell me how that works.
0: So the trip fee is a per patient, per address. So, But if we go to one address, let's say it's a nursing home. We go to a nursing home, we see five patients, we get one trip fee. It's per
1: time that we've gone Uh, in and out of that building.
2: In and out of the building, got it.
1: How does Medicare audit that? (laughs) <laughs> or, or
2: That's like asking. So they trust
1: you, and then if they yeah. audit you and you, you, you overbill them, yeah. then they'll call back. Then they'll recollect. Correct. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So, and how so they know anything. They so have to audit you. Yeah. How, how do you track all of this for billing purposes? Uh, are folks on GPS yep. stuff? Yeah. So they're on GPS, and we track them.
0: And each time they go into a facility, they actually put underneath the patient, you know, four patients, underneath the study, four patients, five patients, whatever it might be. So they know how to split the trip the accordingly. Oh, okay. Oh, fascinating! Oh, so
2: you split the trip fee? Correct. When you bill Medicare?
0: Yeah. When we bill Medicare, it's not if we go it's to whatever facility. Whatever
2: divided by this. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So that, that's for the imaging side. So if we go in and it's two hundred
1: dollars for the trip, and there's five patients, it's forty dollars per patient. So what? I'm I'm curious on the technology side. How do you manage and organize all this? Is there something special in house you guys built, or is there some off the shelf stuff, or? So there's quite a few systems that are used. We use system called MetaMatrix, which is a very
0: large predominant system that is used in our industry. Okay. And it works pretty well. There's certain things that obviously, like every system that you're buying doesn't work perfectly for us. Yeah. Um, But it works pretty well. Allows us to track our our people, where they are, um, who's doing what studies, assign accordingly, run reports based off of all of it. The billing is actually done through the system as well. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop, which is very nice. I wasn't... I didn't use it originally because obviously I got in the business in 2014. Previously, I understand that there were a lot more issues with a lot more glitches and they've gotten much better over the years. Interesting.
2: Okay. Okay. So just sort of to jump right back to it. So we talked about the, the homes and sort of like how much you get paid for the trip fee. Under Part B, just assuming that the patient is... Part B patient, and you go in and do an x-ray on them, there is an 80-20 on that one. Correct. correct. So just like a physician. It's just 80/20. like a physician. Okay. So it's different than the labs. The labs is 100%, mm-hmm. but the uh, radiology is an 80-20 split.
0: Correct. And the other big difference is lab is not subject to the Medicare deductible, whereas imaging is. Lab is not, not sub- So
2: basically, it doesn't go towards your 180 bucks or whatever it is correct. at the beginning of every year. Correct. Fascinating. So, Yeah. Okay, so you can bill that right at the beginning of the year and never hold on to any of those charges.
0: Well, not that we ever would hold not on to which charges. Not what you would. I'm mean,
2: just saying, but like hypothetically. But yes, but, but yes. For,
0: for lab, we bill right away um, and we, can, we don't have to worry about deductible whatsoever. For
1: imaging, obviously, yeah. we have to Right, confirm. right, right. Yep. Got it. So how about from the ordering side, what do you wish providers who are ordering your services did better or did differently? I wish they thought more about how we get paid and what information we need to get paid. Can you t- expand on that? Such
0: as the diagnosis codes using the, the proper CPT codes as well. Very often we'll get an order over and the doctor may have may call something one thing. And to us, that's something completely different. G-
2: give me an example.
0: Um, how about can-
2: Doppler of the right lower extremity when they meant to write arterial Doppler, but they forgot to write, but, but they wrote doppler and then a venous doppler got done but then they were like but we really want an arterial doppler that kind of thing
0: correct that kind of thing or we've gotten something as simple as saying x-ray leg and we x-ray leg x-ray leg so obviously we don't know which one or what part we actually have this at a facility and we called and the then the facility told us the director of nursing told us well why don't you ask the patient when they get here it happened to be a dementia patient Um, ask the patient ask the patient when we get there so we explain Uh, to them are
1: we getting a tib fib or or (laughs) or are we getting a frog leg Uh, like are you kidding me there's like 150 different types of x-rays of of different parts of the leg you could do correct So, so you laugh at it but it happens regularly and we have
0: these nurses that can't understand why they have to be specific and it's because first off we don't get paid Second of all, and sometimes I say, like, "Well, we need the whole leg." Well, then write each part of the
1: leg, and we can help you tell right. you which part of the leg are femur, knee,
2: tip, fib, ankle, etc.
1: I can see It's a baby pulling, gram of yeah.
2: a giant elderly person. Yeah, exactly. I can see
1: them pulling out like a Netter's or whatever anatomy book or. <laughs> <laughs> so you, From you laugh. From yeah.
2: the acetabulum, you laugh. But we actually distal. give in our
0: trainings. We actually give a whole anatomy lecture, if you will. Right, and I, we might have done it. Amy and we met with her, but it's like yeah, a I breakdown. appreciated that. That was it, good. It's, it's a breakdown of the different. <laughs> parts of the body, because Medicare breaks it up right. for an individual part. You can't just say leg, right leg, or left leg. You have to say what part of the leg you right. want done. So it would be nice if our clients and ordering physicians, nurses, et cetera, understood that a little bit more. It will make our lives much easier. But the one I was mentioning, we went in there, we we told that client, we can't come in until you tell us what we're actually doing. Right. That was the last time we worked with that client
1: for us. We actually terminated that client because they couldn't understand why that was so important to oh us. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then are these uh, written orders, like handwritten, or are these coming in electronically somehow? Both ways. So both for lab and imaging, we do have online portals,
0: which they can be entered in electronically online. On the imaging side, they can also be signed online, because that's what the compliance is we have to do. On the lab side, electronic orders are perfectly fine, but just by saying electronically signed by whatever physician. And then very often, good old facts. I I hate to admit it, but a lot of times we...
2: You can admit it.
0: We can admit it. We get a lot admit of faxes it. in. Makes it very I difficult for us that, that we get faxing
2: faxes in. Faxing is literally still a thing in home based assisted living and mm-hmm. nursing home Well, in
1: all of healthcare.
2: I mean, yeah, but it's like really like it's,
1: it's a it's a big part like of our business. It's a big part of it. The it's, it's the lingua get, franca of, of home home care.
2: No, it's the not the lingua franca. What's the other one? What did I say it was called? <laughs> you know, the the language of the international language. <laughs> It'll occur to me. Yeah. You let it this part out. I'm gonna find
1: it now. So,
2: so the orders are coming in. They just they they come in by fax to you. Or you do you use electronic fax so that you can at least not have we do. Of paper? We have a
0: HIPAA compliant e-fax where it comes in, which is nice, and it allows us to organize it and forward things. You know, HIPAA compliant email, secure emails back and forth within our staff. But it's difficult. Um, it's hard sometimes to read handwriting of physicians and nurses. You know, BMP, a BNP, whatever it might be. Sometimes there's user error, putting it in the system where we might miss the test because they have 10 tests down there and we're transcribing sure. it and we miss something we put on our system so something doesn't get run properly. There's a lot of issues with manual input. It would be nice if it was done electronically through the order provider system, but it's there. there's no one way for us to hook up with all the different EHRs that our providers use. And point-click care, which is a big one that the nursing homes use, does not offer orders yet. They keep saying for they For radiology? Will, for radiology or lab.
2: I guess, no, or but lab. they just have to pay for that widget. I think that a lot of the facilities have to pay. They, I think it, it's not even built into point-click, point-click care. Point-click care offers All right, so for results. those of you who like work and develop for point-click care, can you get that going? So, so
0: <laughs> suppose that they're starting it, or they're, they're they're working on it right now. But for for results, it's great. Our clients love getting it for results. But on the for the ordering side, they it don't, sort of
2: doesn't go does out well really it does input. It. And by the way, faxing is not the lingua franco, as you said, it's the Esperanto.
1: The Esperanto. So wait, okay, so you mentioned specific uh, specificity of the of the body part as being an issue. And number two, you also mentioned legibility of the order. And then uh, I guess the having the right ICD10 code as well Correct. to match it up. And then do you need more than that? Like a a little bit of history as to why you're concerned about, the, you know, rule out pubic ramus fracture or something Uh, like does Do the radiologists want a little bit of history and do you get that and can you forward it along to them or no?
0: If we get it, we can. We forward on whatever we have on it. Uh, The word rule out is lexicon that is not really used in medicine anymore because it's not billable for insurance purposes. But if... If we're giving certain information, then yes, we can afford it. Very often, we'll be told to afford a previous image. They want to compare the two. The problem is the previous image was done in a hospital, and we don't have it, so we can't really have them compare it. Sometimes, there are ways for us to get into our system to have them review it, but that does become an issue where they want us to review an image to a previous
1: image that we don't have. If we have both, obviously, they do, and they can. And then what about is the ordering provider able to access the actual images? Like they, are. Yes? they are. Yes? They can go in our system, they can access the actual images, they can
0: manipulate the images accordingly, contrast, all that wonderful stuff to see what they want to see. I will tell you, most of our providers don't, don't have do. any interest um, in seeing the images. Point-click care, once again, which is the nursing facilities, yeah. When the when the results do go in, they do have the ability to be able to view the image off of that as well. Does it get used? I highly doubt it, but it can be. And then do you guys use your own
1: radiologists or do you outsource to somebody? So
0: there's a lot of different uh, radiology companies such as that are using the ER and we utilize them. It's too difficult to have the radiologist just for our company because obviously if we have one or two radiologists that work for us and one sick, not right. all the work gets done, et cetera. Makes more sense to you, some of these teams. Got it. Interesting.
2: Are there any issues in the radiology side, like on the lab side, where you can or- only order a certain number of a specific tests a certain number of times per year? That doesn't not that,
0: happen. Not that okay. I've come so across. So
2: that's, that's not a thing.
0: Correct. As is needed, they can order it. That's not a thing.
2: And I, I want to speak a little bit to some interesting challenges that we've both encountered just in, in, in working with each other over the years. How much does Medicare reimburse if you just go out and do an EKG?
0: EKG is less than $20.
2: Less than $20. So it's never worth it in some t- cases to actually do an EKG, although it, it's been done. it's not. It, you, do you get paid the $200 trip fee? There
0: is no trip fee on an EKG, and there's no trip fee on an ultrasound, only on x-rays. They change the... So for the x-ray company, we are a portable x-ray company, and then we are a... I forgot the name, a... What is it called? Forget the name. Either way, we are for the ultrasound side, we are considered a fixed facility that happens to send people out. So, even though oh, interesting. It's, 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 it's different licensing for the extra and the ultrasound and, side.
2: And do you, are they actually two different tax ID numbers?
0: They are not. It's same company, <clears throat> just two different licenses. So, <clears throat> when we send people out for ultrasounds, there is no trip fee, same for EKGs. Now, our organization um, that we work with is trying to change that, and it's called APTA. They're trying to change that because obviously to go out for a $20 test isn't worth going to lose money every time we go out for an EKG. Yeah, like it makes um, no sense
2: because that would be a great one to be able to have, mm-hmm. you know, in the home or in an assisted living to say, oh my gosh, like I, I have a fluttering in my chest or I have some sort of discomfort and be able to get like a stat EKG would mm-hmm. absolutely save the system so much money. I, I cannot begin to tell you how often I've said to patients, we're not going to be able to get an EKG. But if you'd like to call nine one one, you know, and you, they they will sometimes do just gratis, uh, like put a two lead on, like a lead two on, yeah. and then you can at least see if Arhythm. oh they really are having a heart rate of one hundred and fifty and AFib. You know, I mean yeah. that there there is tremendous value to getting electrocardiographic information. It's yeah. too bad that it, it has become sort of a challenge.
0: Correct. And, other, and of yeah. course, we will go out for individual EKGs, and we've right. done it for for patients in the past. Right. It just can't be the vast right. majority of our business because we wouldn't be in business.
2: Right, right, right. Can you talk about consenting patients on the lab versus the radiology side? Do you need to get consents when you show up as a phlebotomist? Do you have to get consents to draw blood versus if you are a radiology tech, do you have to get consents to do radiological studies? No,
0: and very often our patients can't give consents. They're not mentally able to give consents for us to do the the do what we're doing now. If we have, I mentioned earlier, if we have to have them sign ABNs, so they're agreeing to what the cost would be if we have to bill them, then obviously we have to get their consent.
2: Do you do that? Do you do ABNs on the radiology side? Not. No. We do not. All right. So just to go back to the Medicare stuff. So you bill Part B. It's an 80-20 split. Correct. For all radiological studies, you get paid a $200 trip fee for the x-rays, but not on the ultrasound side. Correct. And this is the case for homebound patients and assisted living patients and we had talked a lot about what it looks like on the nursing home side for labs that you know there's some part A patients and some part B patients is it sort of the same idea with the with the radiology stuff which is there's part A patients and part B patients and that's how you sort of figure out and yep. you just basically send the bill to the facility for the part A patients and then the part B side we you build directly
0: exactly same thing yep, okay same thing
2: so interesting that's very interesting very interesting do you see the this is this is a huge upstart, right? Like, differently... I mean, I guess if you were to choose between labs and x-rays, which is a harder kind of company to start from scratch, would you think? I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas because obviously it's, like, not. But you don't have to have a fixed thing for the radiology side, but the equipment's expensive.
0: Right. But the equipment for lab is expensive <clears throat> as true. well. Yeah. I'd say they're, they're both pretty similar. I think the benefit to the imaging is that you're having... There's a lot more training that goes involved to getting an x ray tech or an ultrasound tech. Mm-hmm. So you, you're mm-hmm. able to mm-hmm. actually get someone who's really put a lot of time and effort into it. When it comes to the phlebotomy side, technically in the state of Maryland, you don't even have to have a license or certification technically to all be of a phlebotomist. Our, correct. All of ours do, but technically you don't have to. That's why I'm walking around bruises.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and, the, and, the tra-
0: and the training. I is, tried. And the training for, for phlebotomy is. Six-week course, four-week course is not much at all, even if you do the training. Right. So there, there's definitely pros and cons to both, especially in terms of how they have to be serviced. I don't know. I, I would probably say it's probably easier to set up an x-ray company because a lot of the stuff is outsourced. As opposed to lab that everything is done in house, right? So I'm not as concerned if one of the radiologists is out for the day. Right. At the radiology company is reading for me. I don't really care because they have five other radiologists. Whereas if my lab tech is two of my lab techs are out, I'm in trouble because right. I have no one else that can run right. those machines.
2: Right. And to be a and to be like a really good certified lab, you have to do what percentage of your labs in house before you can. Sort of do these sort of PGX testing and all these other sort of non internal testing. So to stay in paid.
0: compliance, you have to do at least 70% of your tests in house to not be considered a shell lab. Uh, yep. Yeah. If you do less than 70% in house, you're a shell lab, which means you're just kind of taking and billing out insurances, but you're not actually doing your own testing. It sounds like a fun idea to be able to refer everything out and make money off of it, but it's
1: not legal. So yeah. we it's do. It's not legal. It's not legal. So yeah. you could not be just. You could not open up your own shop to be just a phlebotomist, basically,
0: and refer everything out and get paid on it. Now, really? No, you can just be a phlebotomist and send it all everything to LabCorp or Quest or to me, okay. and not bill anything for it. You and then can just, do that. Collect, and
2: just collect a trip fee for going out and collecting it. Oh. so the 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 thing is that there's a lot of different. There's a lot of people sort of in this sort of ecosystem a little bit okay. in the phlebotomy ecosystem. There's people who are like, oh, we'll charge you a hundred bucks to come out and draw your blood, and then they'll go drop it off at Quest. Okay. Differently than, you know, Andy's deal, which is the whole thing is covered by Medicare.
1: I see. So like the
2: testing would be covered by like if there's a phlebotomist who's like, you know, he opens Phlebotomy Nuco LLC, he can go and, you know, do that. But then,
1: but he can't be billing for it. He can't be he billing be, for it. But for the but, he can't be billing the lab test. He can bill you for a trip fee.
2: A trip fee, but th- but correct. The the patient's labs will still be covered by Medicare. It's right. just it's just a transportation. It's like someone to yank the blood and tra- right. transport it. Yeah.
1: Andy, I'm inter- I'm yank curious.
2: <laughs> what you say?
1: Yank the blood. Yank I like the that.
2: blood out of that human. Right. Vampire uh, City. Vampire uh, nuco LLC.
1: I'm curious before, because we don't have a lot of time left here. When you started the mobile ma- imaging company and then you said that the, your clients wanted you to start doing lab, what is it that you were doing well? What did they like about what you guys were doing compared to what other people do, were, were doing that, that made you stand out?
0: Sure. I mean, it's all about the customer service. I, my phone rings or I get texted and I'm responding. It's myself. It's my partner, Desmond, from the imaging company. It's all of the employees. People know that we're not perfect. There's always going to be issues that come up. But the biggest thing is we're going to respond and we're going to try to figure out how to make it better so that whatever the situation is this time, we're going to make it better for next time. It's very difficult to be perfect, especially in the lab business. The imaging side is a little bit easier. On the lab side, it's very difficult. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. So it's about learning from our mistakes and reporting appropriately to the clients of what's going on and how we're going to make sure certain situations don't
1: happen again. Got it. So better customer service. Yeah.
2: One last question, Andy, and then I, I'm going to let you go. So if somebody had a, a, a lab company like you or, and a radiology company like you, per per day, which types of employees are are the more productive? Meaning like how many blood draws can a typical phlebotomist do in a day and how many radiological studies? Like how many patients are – what's the churn? I guess that's the wrong word. The, not the churn rate, but like what's the productivity look like on each of those sides?
0: Sure. So a good x-ray tech can probably do 10 to 12 um, patients a day at separate facilities. Now, obviously, if you have five at one facility, it's a whole lot easier Done. to going back like, and yeah, forth. Yeah, if we
2: thought of it like it's separate. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's separate yeah. facilities, 10, 12 a day. Um, someone who's really good and fast or they have to be close to each other, maybe a little bit more. On the ultrasound side, it's less because the ultrasounds take a lot longer. it take oh, as right. much as an hour, hour and 15 minutes to make sure that you get the good images, stuff yep. like that. So ultrasound will be a little bit less. A good technician, five to seven, maybe a little bit more. On the lab side, it just depends. I mean, we when we go into facility in the morning, we have some facilities that this past Monday, which was the first Monday of the month and the first Monday of the year. So there happened to be a lot of standing order at the facilities. We had some facilities that had 40 patients. So, you know, my phlebotomist is in there for two and a half hours, give or take. They bring those in and they'll go out and do so in house and calls. So two and a
2: half hours, they did 40 blood draws.
0: Correct. Because remember, remember, they're going room to room. Yeah. This is what they do every day. And that's why these nursing wow, facilities... Wow, it's
2: not like throwing darts, but it's pretty right. fast. But that's wow. why
0: these nursing facilities can't do their own. Because if they were doing their own, they don't... Unless they have a full-time phlebotomist, that they only need for two hours a day it doesn't make sense. And if they only have one nurse who happens to be very good at phlebotomy and that nurse isn't there, what happens to their blood draws for the day? That's why it's very important to work with a lab like us. So yes, if our person is out, we have somebody else that can fill in for them. And, uh, And if we're actually sending a phlebotomist out to do house calls for the day, once again, depending on where they're located, they can probably do... 10 to 12 maybe a little bit more depending on location um, and also depending how far away they are from the lab because we can't have the specimen sitting too long before getting them back. Right. So that also So what depends. is the
2: specimen sit time that you guys are aiming for?
0: We like to have everything back within the lab 2 to 3 hours, 4 hours, yeah. give or take. Does it always happen that way? No, I mean it's just the nature of the beast. We have we have some doctors in these nursing homes that order ammonia panels. Oh. Well, can't do that. We like to tell them it's pointless. There's no result, but they still order it. And when the result comes back, it has back, to be on ice. It's got to be well. It's got to be frozen right away. Which there's never a freezer to freeze it in. And there's all these issues. No matter what yeah, we try to are, do, yes. What the, are some of the just, other
2: tests that are hard to to, to do? Ammonia. ammonia your, do,
0: it's most of the gases. The gases are the big ones. Potassium sometimes if it sits too long, so be you're, issues. So are your
2: techs doing ABGs?
0: We are not doing ABGs. Got no, it. not currently. Well, we're not doing them there, no. Yeah, got and it. And it's almost impossible to do it. I just wish they put ammonias in the same arena. Yeah. But these no, facilities they don't. Yeah. They just think it's fine. And even we've had facil- conversations with some of the facilities and the medical directors. They still say, well, protocol says we have to order it. <laughs> so they order it, but the results are
1: pointless. What that means is the doctor's putting his fingers in his ears and saying, <laughs> "Not listening. And then, like I'm not going to use my brain basically. Yeah
2: right. I know you just told me it's like <laughs> workflow impossible, but that's okay. I'm still going to order it and waste it. Medicare's money, your money, your time, your energy, your frustration level: So Andy
1: Diamond, you've taught us so much. Oh
2: my gosh. I know you have I to learned be, things today. Yeah, which I know is, this was really I'm awesome. So Thank about you that. for
1: sharing all this information with us. Where can people find you or your companies? Where can they learn more? Sure. So you can always go to our websites. Our website for
0: the imaging companies is mmixray.net and for the lab is diamondmedicallabs.com d i a m o n d medical labs with an s.com. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you oh so much. Oh my gosh,
2: I'm so excited we had you on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: You have been listening to the Mastering Medicare podcast. Visit masteringmedicare.net for show notes, additional episodes, and valuable resources.